This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Hello, and welcome to Career Sense, the podcast that offers practical advice to help students and graduates successfully conduct a job search and transition to a new career. Featuring me, Linda Cooper, and my colleagues, Jason Watson and Terry Johnson. Linda, Terry, and I are career advisors and employment engagement partners at Trine University, located on the main campus in Angola, Indiana. Our goal is to teach and empower students and connect with alumni, employers, and other experts to provide the best resources possible. Our team wants our listeners to be prepared to approach the job market confidently and competitively. Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of Career Sense. I'm Linda Cooper, and I'm here with Terry Johnson, a fellow career coach and industry liaison for the Career Center at Trine University. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about another important part of the job search, and it's a step we always recommend to our students, and that's creating an employer target list. Sometimes we call it an employer bucket list. Terry, let's start out by defining what an employer target list is for our audience. An employer target list is a list of companies of potential employers. You create this list from contacts you may have made at career fairs, mock interviews, companies recommended to you by faculty. You may have seen companies on LinkedIn or other social media sites that really interest you. You may know companies in an industry that's caught your attention as well. Makes a lot of sense, Terry. So that would include, of course, internship employers and companies they admire, just in general. A student might know about because they admire them. So we've defined a target list. How do we develop it? How do we tell students to develop it? First of all, they need to have a target number. I would say 10 to 20 companies are a good target number to start out with. You can always increase or decrease, whatever works best for you. You want to start by thinking about where do you want to live when you're working at this new position. So a geographic region could be one way that you start to define companies to look for. Or you may start with companies in a specific industry and you don't care where it's located. That makes a lot of sense because the companies here that a student might meet at the career fair, they might choose to put them on the list because they've talked with them, they liked what they hear, and they happen to be within driving distance maybe from their hometown and they want to do an internship in their hometown. You mentioned companies in a particular industry as well. So if they really want to work in aerospace, <laughs> they can develop a list of companies that are, are in that industry. And there's many other ways. I mean, that's not all. There's many ways to look at how to develop that list. We also have some really helpful resources. Um, and I'll just use geographic target area as an example. Say you know where you want to live when you graduate and kind of where you want to build your life you can use a tool that we have on tryingcareers.org on our online career resources called BuzzFile. And that um, is useful because it shows by geographic region which companies are hiring entry-level graduates with a specific major. So it's a, 
an easy place to start. But even simpler than that is Google Maps. You've talked about that before, Terry. I often use Google Maps when students have that uh, geographic area that they're looking in because I don't necessarily know what's available in northern Michigan. So I will take it and I'll usually put in for engineering students northern Michigan manufacturing or usually a specific town and manufacturing. And then all these little bubbles pop up uh, with company names. You can click on the bubble and it'll show you the website. It'll show you what the building looks like. Sometimes it tells you a little bit about it. Oftentimes there are hidden gems in these searches companies that the student may have heard heard about from family members and all of a sudden they remember it that my cousin works there or my high school friend's mom works at that company but they hadn't thought of them before. I love it. You know, I have to say I'm a big fan of Google and I have been known to do searches like best companies to work for in Fort Wayne. <laughs> So it's, there's lots of different kind ways you can refine that search and different criteria that you have for the type of company you want to work for that you can use when doing these kinds of searches. So you know, never underestimate a, a, a well-thought-out Google search in terms of the results it can give us. So we have a list of 10 to 20 companies built with a student, and our students are asking okay, so I have my company list and I've looked on their website to see what jobs that they have posted. They don't really have anything for me or what do I do with this list? When you have the companies on there, don't worry about them not having a position that you think fits you specifically. What you want to do with it list is you want to gather more information through networking. This is a networking tool. So you may contact our office to see, do we have any alumni that work there that would sit down and speak with you? You may find out um, of any friends or family members um, who may work there. You may find someone on LinkedIn that you can connect to, to talk to you about the company. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry, I'm making faces at Terry because I totally use LinkedIn. When I find out that a student is interested in a particular company or in a particular area, it's really the first place I go and I do a search on LinkedIn, either for a position or alumni to see if I can connect the student to someone to do an informational interview with to seek some insider advice before they ever apply for a position, to learn more about the company, if they really are a good fit for them, the interview process, and maybe even what roles are a good match for their skills. Sometimes they can get more specific and they're further along in the job search process than that, but yes, networking, absolutely, and all those different ways through your personal connections like you mentioned. LinkedIn are really what you're doing with that list. So Linda, why would employers or contacts that are at a company you're interested, why would they want to take time out of their busy schedule to speak with a student? It's a good question, Terry. People like to give advice. It makes them feel valued that someone is curious and wants to know more about what they do for a living and is interested in how 
their experiences can help them um, starting out in an early career profession. Usually these informational interviews take approximately 20 minutes. Um, they're done in a very professional way. We have lots of resources on how to in our last episode of this podcast talks a little bit more about that. But um, people really like giving advice and feel valued when a student seeks advice from them. And, and they're giving back in a way and it makes them feel good. I absolutely agree with that. I've had many employers thank me for setting them up, uh, speaking with a student. They really appreciated the opportunity to help. I love it. I'm going to wrap this episode up just by pointing out that a student can do informational interviews throughout the time that they're trying, not just when they're looking for a job. And in fact, we recommend it. Um, stop by and visit the Career Center, speak to your career advisor, and get some good resources for what connections you might want to make and for how to do target employer list and do an informational interview. So all of that's here. I want to thank our listeners for their time. Thank you, Terry, for talking with me about this. Anytime. You can find um, our contact information and resources at tryingcareers.org. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.